Well, it's a brisk Friday morning here in Boston, and it's time for another Marketing Agility Podcast Roll. How are things out there? Things are wonderful. And today we've got a Boston person. Well, almost a Boston person. Our guest this morning is Rachel Krug. She's the Director of Product Marketing at Wright Networks. And interestingly, Rachel actually reached out to us through our nicer, more usable-looking website and wanted to share a little bit about her experience where um, she's brought Agile into her work at Real um, Networks, or Right Networks, sorry. So looking forward to talking with her. Well, maybe you can remind our listeners out there that we do have that form on our website. So if you have a story to tell, we are here and listening. Yeah, I think this is one of the first people who've reached out through the website. So that's, uh, that's exciting. It's working. Excellent. Or didn't, ha- didn't have SEO services to sell us, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Okay, well, should we dial her in? Sure, let's bring her up. Maybe you can start just by telling us a little bit about um, Right Networks and your role there. I know that you're focused on product marketing and that Right Networks has been around for about two years. Can you tell us a little bit about the team and what drove you to implement Agile? Right Networks has actually been around since 2012. What we do is we put accounting-based desktop and legacy applications into the cloud for CPA firms and their small business clients. And really the, the value of our core product is that accounting professionals and clients can work together, share data in real time. They get all of the cloud benefits that you may know about, um, including you know collaboration, but they don't have to change off of their legacy, legacy software like QuickBooks Desktop. Um, I came to Agile before I joined Right Networks um, when I was a product manager at Constant Contact. But in coming to Right Networks, I knew I wanted to bring the methodology with me. So you were on the product management side, is that right? And now That's you transition. Okay, and so now you're bringing Agile from product management into marketing. That's actually something that uh, is a common trend that we see. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what kind of work did did you need to do to adapt Agile to the new context in which you've been working? Sure. I think that at first um, it was a a new process for the team and I was a new leader for the company. Um, So I think at first people may have felt threatened by the system because it adds so much accountability and transparency. So I think really... In, in bringing it to my team, helping people feel better about it, get used to the system, assigning them to be leads with in their own area, helps them to feel more empowered and, and have more drive, and really explaining the benefits of transparency, letting the team make the decision, empowering people, some of them for the first time, to, to make these decisions, have input, grow, and learn. Can you share a little bit about the steady state that it was before you brought in Agile? There wasn't a lot of planning in the organization. It was primarily reactive based on changing market requirements or customer asks almost on a whim. There there was some budget planning, but activities, I think, were very lightly coordinated. So not, not a lot of process at the company really before I got there. So, you know, I've been involved in setting a process for my team, but also in setting up cross-functional processes as well. Gotcha. Tell us a little bit about your team. 
So I'm product marketing in title. However, I lead the marketing function at Right Networks. Um, I have a content marketing manager who focuses on content for acquisition and our various channels, customer lifecycle marketing, uh, field marketing. And then in addition to those marketing roles, I also um, have our partnerships for our third partner with and operations and analytics for the sales and marketing division. So that's, is that a team of seven, seven, six or seven people? Seven people that are regularly regularly in the office. We do work with some part-time contractors and vendors as any marketing department might. Sure, of course. So can you share a little bit about how you introduced the idea of Agile to the team? I mean, was it something where I use the podcast listeners are familiar with this conversation point I make is that oftentimes I come in, I bring Agile with me and I say, okay, that's my pitch. When you hire Frank, you get Frank's Agile process (laughs) with you versus some organizations that have come in which are larger and have more established processes. You have to pick pick a spot and then kind of introduce the idea and then try to build out from there. Can you share a little bit about which model kind of more accurately reflects what you're doing? So in in introducing it to the marketing team, uh, we started with some of the rituals like the retro and um, the sprint planning. And I think in just introducing the rituals, we were able to really understand the value of what we were doing. We don't have, I guess, a lot of fancy process or tools so um, it's, it's really important that w- we work together um, ideas for our backlog can come from anywhere my team peers on the leadership team but I mean at the end of the day they're all vetted by me for requirements and prioritized based on their impact for growth well fancy processes and tools can be overrated <laughs> so at the end of the day I guess I've always been a, the a proponent of trying to get some of the basic rituals going and then kind of work from there because even the things you just mentioned having a transparent backlog is a pretty huge benefit planning work in small blocks is a pretty big can be a pretty big benefit empowering your team is a huge benefit so just so that our listeners have context when you talk about less less fancy tools does that mean that you're using like a google spreadsheet to track this work and the requirements and things like that 100%, 100%, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yeah, that, that's great. We, we certainly have, both Frank and I have experience with that. Um, it's, you my know, favorite, we, it's my favorite tool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say that I use somewhat fancier tools, if you count Asana and Jira as fancy tools. But yeah, I absolutely, we talk with lots of teams that start with something that's, that's really basic, like what you're describing, and that supports their needs, especially for relatively small teams, like sub 10 person teams where you're not scaling agile across many, many companies and where you yeah. need to facilitate broader transparency. Yeah, and you don't have a scrum master on your team. You, you don't, you're not a big enough team to justify a scrum master project manager. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm having something really lightweight, low overhead can offer a lot of benefit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can talk, you talked a little bit when you in the note that you reached out to us about the impact that this process has had on um, weed capture. Can you talk a little bit about that in, as a case study and, and tell us what was the status when you came in? What were the sort of iterations that you made and, and how those impacted 
your the result? Sure. I think I think the biggest issue was that there was there was no process. So we you know we had a talented team that just needed guidance on what they were doing, and and how. And with the lead capture in particular, there was no tracking on it, which uh, is critical for. Uh, marketing leadership to understand how things are doing, if there's ROI on different activities, but at the same time, not always the most intuitive thing for to set up. So really, I think breaking down what is the key performance indicators that we're looking to track for lead capture, how are we going to get that input into our system, um, who do we need to work with outside of the team to get that work done, and then you know executing it, QAing it, making sure that it's delivering um, the funnel view that we wanted to see was is one use case of, of how we've we've used agile to improve that. So, how many iterations did it take to get to something that you would describe as you know a useful, reliable system? Not to say that you're not going to continue iterating and making it better and better, but how long did it take you to kind of get to the foundational requirements for the reporting that your executives were looking for? It took a few weeks to get to the the foundational requirements. I think one of the challenges is that our business moves so rapidly that that these things can change. So I, I do think having you know things in in place as part of this process is helpful for people to understand. You know, these are and always communicating back to stakeholders. These are what we heard you say. This is what we're going to do. You know, it's in next week's sprint. And then if something changes, we can change it, but not till the, the week after. So I think iteration-wise, it's it's always evolving. <laughs> uh, it, to, to really get a foundation, it took a couple months, but we are always improving what we're doing. Like we just added new tracking to our website for some digital work that we're doing. So it, it's continuous improvement for sure. This originally started around a project and then kind of morphed more into the way you're managing a functional area? I think I knew that I wanted to manage the team with Agile when I started. I think that this was one of, this was an early use case that showed the success of it. And it's not something the organization had been able to do. They had wanted to be able to do this lead tracking. They knew it was important for um, showing ROI of marketing spend, but they weren't able to align stakeholders around clear definitions or requirements in the past um, or commit to doing the, the technical work to get it in place. Well, I guess the question I was asking is, is there, a, is there a marketing planning process that exists out there beyond the, this agile sprint? Uh, this sounds like this was for a part of marketing, not all of marketing, right? The people involved were the operations and right. analytics right. people on the team for the whole team. We do our our weekly sprint planning. We run Great. in one one week sprints. I think that I have I have a, another example of of a project that pulled the whole team in. If you would like to discuss yeah. that, yeah, let's hear it. Okay, just recently, November first, we launched the Right Networks Cloud. So we repositioned our core offers into three new bundles. Um, with me doing the product marketing piece of that, the positioning and messaging, you know, the content person on my team writing content for it, customer lifecycle, doing email campaigns around it, operations being able to track who's coming into the new the new cloud solutions, and then the partnerships person on my team reaching out to our third-party applications who we work with uh, as part of this offer, and then, you know, marketing it through our field events. So this was a 
this was an initiative that we all touched and we all worked on. Um, and I think that I put together an initial you know, list of, of what we needed to do for, for each of those areas. Um, and then we started working on it in mid-September um, with our weekly sprints, pulling in what we thought were the highest priority items for each week. And I think that it offered a lot of visibility into where everything stood because we knew we had a long list of tasks to accomplish before we launched. And that, well, you know, it, it may have added some time to, to go through the plan with everybody on a weekly basis. It really added stability and, and accountability to what we were doing. Can I say one week sprints, that's a pretty short block of time. There, most of the folks we talked to either are in like two, three, four week kind of blocks. Just, just a general observation. I, I think I talked to OpenView Labs a few years ago, and they were doing one-week sprints. But, you know, when you get the sprints that small, how do they not ultimately end up more like waterfall? You know, that you kind of, they were to the point where they were planning hours of the day and days of the week. <laughs> I think that the reason that I chose one week is that things can change very quickly, and priorities yeah. can change very quickly, and that's that's why it works for us. I think that as processes get more established at this evolving company, it, it could lengthen out to two weeks or three, yeah. uh, most definitely. But I, I don't think that uh, we're necessarily there yet. So you talked about this pro- this project or a launch that really tapped into all the different roles mm-hmm. with the marketing function, bringing it back to some of the, f- the fundamentals of Agile. You know, when I think about sort of running up to a, la- a, a launch, or release, you know, we're always looking for ways to break that thing up. So it's not like a big bang release where we're, you know, we're making all these assumptions, we're building this thing, sprint after sprint after sprint, but then mm-hmm. we like unveil it and we don't know how it will be received, right? The alternative to that is to launch little pieces of the thing, validate that we're heading in the right direction, that it will be received, whether that's with a smaller segment of the overall audience or whether it's just launching um, incremental bits of the of the larger new service. So can you speak a little bit to that and how you manage that concern? Sure. So the the work leading, there was test work done in August on the new packages. I am a, a, a big fan of testing and learning into all of this output. Uh, so in August, we did a phone test. We didn't do a public launch of the new offer, and we got feedback from our inbound calls on what they thought about the features and benefits of the new offer. I had also done detailed customer research with Right Network's customers to figure out what they valued the most in the Right Network's offer, and that's how I uh, came up with the the bundles that we came up with. And then now that we are launched, we are still continuously looking for feedback uh, from the market on our assets, on our mm-hmm. operations plans, from our partners, um, so that we can evolve the offer over time. Sounds good. That makes a lot of sense. Let me, let me just go back uh, for a minute to something you talked about earlier, where you mentioned introducing just a small set of rituals when you brought Agile into the team. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. talked about the retro and sprint, sprint planning. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned that you're using sprints. Sprints mm-hmm. typically come out of the Scrum method. Mm-hmm. So just curious if you could talk about where you think you're headed with your implementation. Do you see yourself moving towards a, a true implementation of Scrum? Or do you, you know, I'd just love to sort of get a sense of where as the 
I mean, I, I, you may you may not think of yourself or call yourself um, the Scrum Master, or maybe you do. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, where do you where do you see as kind of the owner of the process, mm-hmm. or at least leader of the process of the, with the team? Where do you see yourself going? Um, I, I think you you just called me out. I am absolutely violating the principles of Scrum and acting as the owner and the Scrum Master at the same time because I'm I'm the one that's setting the vision and um, leading the planning, but then I'm also the one that's blocking and tackling and um, making sure that my team is staying on point and not getting distracted by uh, a reactive project of the day. <laughs> yeah, but that's the rea- that's the reality of working in a yeah. smaller organization, right? I mean, yep. that's just life. So, but you know, in, in terms of if the future, I think I think what we're doing, what we're doing is working for us uh, well right now. I think that this will continue to impact how we're doing marketing, and that our plans will be less one-offs and continue to be sprint-based undertakings. So how have people in your organization, like your boss or your boss's boss, how have they reacted to this? I mean, if you if I were to sit down with one of them and say, tell me about your agile process that, that Rachel's going using and, and how it's affected the business. They see us engaged in these rituals. They see it. We do daily stand-up. So I think that that has been something that they've been impressed with. And actually, uh, we just started a, a different stand-up for a cross-functional project. So that that's great. That means that, you know, people um, are picking up that our process is working. Um, I think that because my team has given, you know, great feedback on, on having their weekly priorities and being held accountable in that way, that both my boss and my boss's boss see it as added value. They also, you know, you know, both have backgrounds in technology, B2B companies. So it's not necessarily new to them. Okay, got it. And they, they would are they would articulate and be able to say if someone were to ask them, yes, they're using Agile. This is something that they're they're aware of. That's the terminology that they would use to describe what you're doing. I'm not sure that they would necessarily know the terminology or, or call it out that way. It's an agile implementation, right? They either they don't realize that some of these practices come from, you know, some of the common agile methods like Scrum or Kanban. It's just that they pick them up, whether that was from having worked in product management or just having collaborated with software engineering teams or product management teams. So mm-hmm. we definitely see that. But I, I ask because we're always curious to um, get a sense of to what degree do, do, does the CEO or the rest of the executive team really identify Agile as kind of being a competitive advantage? It's a great question and actually something that I'd, I'd love to communicate, you know, both to my executive leadership and other leadership, because I, I do think that that can be missed <laughs> as to why why it is a value add um, and, and how it is, you know, helping the team work better together and uh, produce more valuable output and, and then get better results for the company, right? Well, Rachel, unfortunately, we kind of bump up against it for time, but we appreciate you coming and having a conversation with us today. I feel like I Yeah, thanks up so a much for having me. I really appreciate it. Nice to meet you both. No, it was nice for us to reach out to you. Just as a reminder to our listeners, you can find, still find, marketing agility podcast on itunes we also have old episodes on agilemarketingblog.com if you have a story to tell like rachel did you can go to agilemarketingblog.com fill out a form 
tell us all the great things that you know about Agile or want to share with the world. Thanks again to everyone out there and please stay Agile.